It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Loughton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome to another episode, our very first episode of 2020. It's hard to imagine that we're in 2020, Laos, but here we are, Talking Taipans, the Pikey and Laos show. We're all refreshed and recharged after Christmas and New Year. You spent some time back over, back over in Perth. Hopefully, you're fully, fully back feeling back to your normal self back at home in Cairns now as well because we've got an enormous amount to talk about with the Cairns Taipans. They're the hottest team in the league right now. They're entrenched in the top four. Let's hope they can stay there. And we've also got a huge game on Thursday to look forward to against a team that's in equally as hot form as well when the New Zealand Breakers come to town. So plenty to get to in this episode. So Chris Pike, that's me, your co-host. Alex Loudon, the man that you're all here to listen to. Lows, happy new year. Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining me once again. Mate, happy new year. Merry Christmas. Happy new year to you too. I, I certainly feel refreshed, uh, raring to go and oh my goodness, what a uh, state of affairs the Taipans are in now. Unbelievable stuff. Some some massive games uh, over the course of the Christmas break. Uh, huge win New Year's Eve uh, and a lucky to hold on win uh, and not uh, be pipped at the post by bullets uh, in the past game on, the, on Friday. Uh, so can't wait to dive dissect a few of these uh, and great to be back absolutely great to have you back as well great to be with you again um of course we're here thanks to thanks to our special sponsors at cairns total physio and also stanton plumbing and we've got a special announcement to make for this show the country's in disaster mode right now unfortunately thanks to yeah. some bushfires but there's a lot of people that need the money more than we do now so we'd like to make a special announcement to kick off, yeah, ab- off this show absolutely Absolutely. Look, the, the, the money from our sponsors uh, for this show uh, will go directly, all the profit, all the money today will go straight to the uh, the Bushfire Appeal uh, and we'll announce that shortly uh, through our socials. Uh, so big thanks to Staten Family Plumbing and Cairns Total Physio. Uh, all, all the sponsorship money is going to the fires for this episode uh, and we can't wait to, uh, to to let you all know in. Uh, it'll be like the Red Cross or the, the uh, Salvation Army Appeal and we certainly encourage uh, all all the good folks out there to get behind uh, those charities as well. Absolutely. These people are in desperate need. We've lost a lot of lives. We've lost an enormous amount of property. Animals need need support. It's just a a horror situation right now. So if we can do our small part, then we will. And we encourage all of our listeners to, to do the same. And it's great to see that the NBL really get behind it as well. We've mm. seen a lot of players uh, get on board um, and, uh, you know, sponsoring uh, money per dunk, per three-pointer, uh, even LaMelo Ball donating the, the month uh, salary. Yeah. Uh, just a huge response um, and, and really, really encouraging to see, uh, you know, it's a big brand, uh, a big league right now, uh, and they're certainly doing uh, their, their part in pulling their weight uh, with the great platform uh, that they've built up as well, um, able to help those in need. So it's, been, it's a great cause. Yeah, it's a shame. If we wound the clock back 12 months and this was happening, I, I would recommend we donate a certain amount per fist pump from, from one Alex Loughton. That might have been the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that probably would have been my uh, a, a year's salary uh, for the <laughs> number of fist pumps that I would have done, uh, but it all, all would have been worth it. <laughs> this episode of the Pikey and Lowes Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Staten's Plumbing Company, Plumbers Who Care. 
Now, before we get cracking with talking about the Taipans, because there's a lot to talk about there, you got back to Perth with your family, um, spent a couple of weeks back there. How, how was that? Oh, it was really good. It was great to see, um, you know, with our kids, uh, they could play with the cousins and catch up with the family. So we, we split the time between both sides of the family, uh, my wife, Michelle, from Perth as well. So, uh, yeah, just a good time to reconnect and haven't really had a Christmas in Perth uh, for uh, quite some time, uh, over 10 mm-hmm. years. Uh, and even and even then back in uh, 07 and 08, you, you know, you're training the next day. Uh, <laughs> so there wasn't a whole lot of time to, to relax back then, but uh, good, to, good to just chill out with them uh, this time. Around. So the fact that the Taipans spent Christmas morning in Cairns and then had to get on a plane on the afternoon of Christmas Day, that probably didn't leave you regretting that you were in retirement mode, mode no, probably was, for one of the few times. I was probably cracking a beer at that time uh, when they had to board <laughs> the flight. So uh, I toasted the, the guys and wished them well and uh, they delivered. <laughs> the boys yeah, got the win in, in Melbourne with the open uh, roof game, which is uh, awesome to see and certainly makes the, the trip worthwhile for them to get mm. it down. But I certainly was uh, putting the feet up uh, and enjoying Christmas stay uh, with the with the family. Now let's set the stage for where the Cairns Taipans are right now. We're mm. 14 rounds into the NBL season. It's a 20 round season. The Taipans right now, after starting two and six, and we were starting to to have our concerns at that point. They've now won nine of the last 12 games, seven of the last nine, and the last four in a row. So these last four wins, they came at home to the Adelaide 36ers, who at that time the Sixers were sitting in fourth spot, and, mm. and the Taipans replaced them. Then, like you said, they go to Boxing Day in Melbourne, open air game, more than 10,000 people there, and they upset Melbourne United for the third time this season with a terrific performance against a team that was playing for their lives as well and has played in the last two grand finals. And they back that up, getting a bit of, bit of revenge on the southeast Melbourne Phoenix for what happened in, in Melbourne earlier earlier in December when John Robertson just stole the game from, mm. from the, the Taipans. And that was, a, that was a terrific performance as well on the home floor. Sold out crowd, New Year's Eve, you know, Cam Oliver, Scotty Machado put on a hell of a show along with, with, with the rest of the crew. And then to back it up last, last Friday... Really good first three quarters against the Bullets, but then they had to withstand a hell of a charge. They, you know, had some struggles down the stretch, but they held on for a really important two-point win. And I think that's the sort of win where when you almost throw the game away in the fourth quarter, like they did in that game in Melbourne against the Phoenix, but you managed to hold on, that can be character building as well. So right now they're in fourth position, only percentage behind Melbourne United. They've won four games in a row. Things are going pretty nicely right now, but there's still a lot of work to be done. So let's uh, let's back up to that New Year's Eve game. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, what a what a fantastic turnout! Um, a sold out. So basically, five thousand two hundred seats. Taipans fans would would know the the capacity here, but yeah, five thousand one hundred and fifty roughly uh, seats sold. That that's called a sellout. So uh, I remember playing in those games where we've had those sellouts, and uh, on New Year's on New Year's Eve as well, you see the the, the fans right up into the corners, uh, and the the noise, the crowd. The, the, the loudness is just uh, next level. So it was, it, I wasn't able to be there, of course, but I certainly know how exciting it can be and such a great turnout from the Cairns community. Um, and it's a great night out. It's a great night out. And to get the win as well in, in emphatic fashion, uh, really, really great job by the boys. Um, fast forward to last Friday. Uh, so up by 17 or 18 by the end of the third um, against yeah. Brisbane Bullets, a team that's sort of struggling to figure out if they're going, if they're making mad Monday um, plans <laughs> or whether they're uh, holding tight for some postseason play. They're sort of in that, that in-between phase of are mm. we going to make it or not? They come back storming home in the fourth quarter to really narrow the gap to within two by the end of the game. So 
the, there's a few questions there, Pikey, that I think we need to dissect a bit. Um, I will just touch briefly on the game uh, that's coming up. This is a danger game against the New Zealand Breakers. Uh, like you mentioned, a team that is also in hot form, uh, winning five in a row. Um, yep. You know, uh, basically, uh, Hobson back has turned the corner for them. Rice out, obviously, Hobson back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it, it, Corey Webster is still in China. Um, is he? Yeah. Is, is that the difference? Is that the, just the change that was all needed, or has it all come in together uh, based on the, the team, um, you know, just finding form together? gelling as the season has gone on what's what's been the catalyst for the New Zealand team do you think yeah I think it's a chemistry thing sometimes by having less talent and having to fit in less players suddenly you, you can become a better team so you had both Corey Webster and Glenn Rice Jr as good as they both are they're both fantastic players they both demand the ball in their hands a lot. We saw in that last time when New Zealand came to Cairns where Glenn Rice played. And he had over 30. I don't think anyone can believe that he still was allowed to play that game. Yeah. But he, he played the game and the ball basically never left his hands. So as no. soon as he touched the ball, the, he was going to be putting it up for a shot. And he put up some good numbers, but his team looked terrible as a result. And, and Corey Webster's the same. He, he could put up some terrific numbers, but... He doesn't always make the plays around him better. Um, So I think by subtraction, they've actually become a better team because Scotty Hobson, we heard at the start of the season, Corey Williams made a statement that he was the best player in the league or he will be. And I think a lot of people laughed at him and then he got injured early in the season. So he didn't really do much. Yep. Yeah, he couldn't. He didn't didn't show a lot. But now, since he's come back, he when he's playing in that point guard spot, he's virtually un- unstoppable. He can get to the rack whenever he likes. He makes the right plays. He makes the right decisions, and he can shoot the ball. He's he's fearless with the shots that he takes. So he's hit, he's hit two game winners right on the buzzer already in mm. his NBL career. Um, mm. he, so he's putting up some huge, huge numbers. But then Sec Henry, who I'm not sure if he'll play, he hurt his calf mm. in their last game. So we'll wait and see if he plays on Thursday night. It'll be yep. a big a big help for Cairns if he doesn't play. But he's been a, a terrific player alongside Scotty Hobson as well. And, and then you've got Finn Delaney getting back to some really good form. Tom Abercrombie's been stepping up. Rob Lowe's back in the lineup, which is another big thing for them. So all of a sudden... I think last time we spoke, we we talked about New Zealand was the laughing stock of the league right now. We couldn't understand why they would have re-signed their coach for another year. You know, Corey Webster had just left. We didn't uh, didn't understand where they were heading. All of a sudden, they've got all the confidence in the world, and they've spent a couple of days in Cairns now. I think Jared Weeks is coming back to play as well, so he'll be right to go. Yeah, um, they're coming into this game on Thursday full of confidence, and I think it's just a team chemistry thing. Sometimes by having less talent. Everything can just click a little bit better at times. Well, everyone's distributing the ball more. Players are getting yep. touches, getting a feel for it. Um, now, Rob Lowe just came back in last time they were here, so he was still mm. fresh off uh, a lot, a long time out with that uh, skull fracture. And I saw the X-rays of this. It is unbelievable. It's a big hole, like literally in his skull. Uh, you can see it plain as, as day, clear as day on the on the x-ray um just unbelievable injury like mm. just a, a freak injury so he's yeah. um he's obviously found his feet um since the last time the new zealand breakers played in Cairns. now weeks he obviously on social media we saw just then um he's, he's on the traveling team um you know had a bit of an injury cloud over uh, uh the shoulder and stuff so um you know he's he's looking to be on the trip and he'll be frisky he'll be frisky mcgee coming in uh keen <laughs> to get another a bag another 15 points like 
like he did last time he was here. Mm. Um, but there's an interesting side note to this game, Pikey, and I'll tell you what it is. RJ Hampton has been absent for about a month. Um, scouts are keen to see where he is at now uh, a month on and now he's back sort of playing. So, um, you know, a little, a little birdie, a little sources uh, might uh, have whispered in Lousy's ear there'll be a few scouts at the game. Now, now it's not only for RJ Hampton. Uh, Quite Noise, obviously, another uh, player that uh, a lot of the scouts are keen to uh, get a good gauge on and, and see him firsthand. So this game has a bit of interest in it. Now, both teams mm. obviously playing hot. Quite Noise, obviously, back, uh, had a bit of a, a injury uh, there for a few games. So I'm not sure exactly how healthy he is, but I think he'll be good to go. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how these players perform knowing um, you know, because they, they all know when scouts are there, they, their agents are, you know, they're all on top of that kind of stuff. Um, so they just have a different dynamic to it as well. And uh, the team that can stay stay together and play as good as they can collectively, um, obviously feeding off each other and feeding off the good team play uh, will win the game. If someone tries to break out and, and have some massive individual game, it usually comes at the detriment of the W. Mm. So last thing is that fourth quarter... Um, what happened with the Taipans in terms of did they shut up shop or did they just play not to lose? I think Coach Mike Kelly mentioned in the post-game presser, we've got to keep attacking. We've got to keep yeah. assuming that we've got to have the foot down on the pedal and I couldn't agree with him more. If you go into conservative mode, uh, bad things happen because momentum shifts. You've got to be in attack mode and basically be on the front foot, almost play um, you know the, the last quarter like the first where you just you know you've got to just keep pushing forward um, otherwise it can unravel quickly and it unraveled in um, Phoenix that um, Southeast Melbourne yeah. Phoenix that one game and it happened in the Brisbane Bullets game but they, they ground out a win which is a positive that is a big positive however the sideline inbounds um, didn't really impress me <laughs> to finish the game mm-hmm. but it was even all those minutes before that so uh, I guess your thoughts Pikey on that fourth quarter uh, mindset. Yeah, well, you're in a better position to know that than me. When you're up 18 points and at three quarter time, and you think the game's over. When you're when you're keen in that situation, what do you have to do differently to what they did? And when you're Brisbane, how were they able to firstly turn it around? Because I think as much as we can focus on the things the Taipans did wrong, the Bulls did a lot right in that fourth quarter to give themselves a sniff. Well, they would go and double team Machado in the backcourt, who would yep. then find, let's say, Oliver over the top, uh, and then he would basically um, be pulling the ball over the top of the uh, the key and just sort of getting the offense set. Whilst the guy who was in the double team, like a Tarangi or something, they're running back to get to back on man to man coverage. So, in my opinion, by getting well, you beat the double team and then you let the defense reset to then get into your offense. I think that's too slow. Yes, mm-hmm. you do have to be careful and make sure every shot, every possession is a precious sort of a good quality possession. But I think you have to attack. I think you have to go four on three or three on two, whatever whatever has presented itself, just like they've done against the Wildcats, just like they've done against all the big teams that have uh, had to put the, the pressure on late in game. They've gone and attacked it and it's it's come up either a foul to free throws um, or it's put the um, the defense um, obviously so far back that um, you know there's no catching them in from the scoring line um, from the scoring difference so uh, you just got to stay aggressive I think there's no there's no time to slow it down and take the conservative approach I think this league this whole league is moving at a pretty fast pace scoring uh, average over 93 points a game like mm. this, this is a fast-paced league this is a high-quality league I, I think if you if you rest and go conservative uh, the league will punish you is there a problem 
late in games where the opposition teams now know that if they can get the ball out of Scotty Machado's hands, then there's a there's a chance that the other type ends players handling the ball will panic and and cause some turnovers. We saw it in the loss in Melbourne against the Phoenix, and we did see it at times last Friday against the Bullets. Is that? I mean, they're going to double team Scotty down the stretch now because of that. Um, is it up to the other players to just make better decisions and handle the ball better, or how do you how do you best handle that situation? Look, I think um, you know it, it's going to happen again. Like you said, like Scotty Machado is going to be double teamed in the backcourt. I think they just have to. Um, they, I mean, they'll be replicating that at training, but I think just to uh, more free flow, go into an attack of some sort, get the ball back in DJ's hands, or quickly get the ball up the sideline to to one of the guards to then attack on um, on the the uh, on the rim. So you've got you know you got numbers on your side basically. If you, I just think if you you pull the ball back, then you're not taking advantage of that. The thing is though, if you've got you know, in Brisbane's case, they put Will Magnay right in the in the middle of the key, who's a shot blocker, mm. um, and you know, there's there's a they're basically playing in a in in a zone to try and cover all their bases but protect the rim at all costs. I think you just have to um, basically charge that the defense there and and draw the contact and um, you know just get to the free throw line. But you just have to stay aggressive. I don't think you can shoot threes uh, against that kind of um, mm-hmm. pressure when you've got the numbers back you have to be on the rim and unless someone's um, really on fire uh, I wouldn't settle for a three ball at all I think it's all it's sort of head down and, and you know attacking straight to the hoop now we've talked on earlier episodes about how how a lot of a a lot of a season can be determined by your selection of imports and and well, I know I certainly felt. I think you you agreed that the the diversity wasn't quite there with the imports, the three of them last year. Even though the three of them were 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 pretty handy players individually, obviously with 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 Hall, Newbell, and obviously Trimble. But this this trio, I think right now it's the best trio of imports in the league. When you've got Scotty Machado, who I think I think if he's not the best point guard in the league, then and I'm, I'm not sure who is because he's he's just playing unbelievable basketball. And I think Cam Oliver is just about the best big in the league right now as well. He deserves to be right in that discussion. And and DJ Newbell, there's not too many better two guards in the league either. Maybe maybe Bryce Cotton, but outside of, outside of that, with the numbers he's putting up, he's he's scoring 23 points over the last 10 games. Mm. The trio of imports is is just they're, they're playing unbelievable basketball right now. Look, I think um, Scotty Machado is the best point guard in the league. I don't think he's the MVP of the league. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's definitely the best point guard of the league. Um, he's certainly helped guys like DJ Newbel uh, really put up the numbers this year. So, I mean, DJ will be certainly buying him a, a, a ham and, a, and giving him a hamper <laughs> by the end of the season to say thanks for the bump up because I'm cashing in on this bad boy uh, of a season. Uh, but and, and I couldn't be happier for, for DJ Newbel. Uh, and he's and he's he made his move off his own bat as well so mm. he's uh, he's certainly capable um, scorer and he's really proved himself as that um, you know point scoring two guard um, now Cam Oliver is this the new is this the new five man it's a slightly smaller version of a five that's athletic just putting a lid on everything throwing down I saw that move against Nathan Sobey backed him <laughs> down one dribble drop step yep. 
threw it down, then flexed on him. Nate yeah. so didn't have a time to prepare his uh, <laughs> his flopping uh, technique. Um, I think Sobi would have sort of flopped a, a, a charge call sort of thing on the second bump, but mm-hmm. it, uh, Oliver dislodged him so much on that first yeah. first uh, post move, the sort of crab drill, that he, he knocked him off, and then he just sort of spun and threw it down with one hand. But um, uh, an undersized big, athletic undersized big that can shoot the three um, mm. is probably the, the new age sort of uh, sort of seven foot five man. Like he's, uh, yeah. they're going to be more more popular than uh, sort of the, the slower kind of taller player. Um, but um, I certainly think that he's way up there for um, you know one of those surprise packets for for the NBL this year. I think the trio just have certainly clicked because they complement each other. And I think last year that complement wasn't as strong. Um, there's more diverse range this year than last year. And players just, uh, obviously, Melo Trimble's an incredible point scorer, but he wasn't a facilitator. Um, so it's just worked well for DJ to, to feed off that. Scotty Machado's more than happy to set up all the players to make them uh, really effective in their position. So it's just been, uh, it's hard to get right. Look, I'll tell you this, mm. it's hard to get right. There's a, a lot of, uh, I would say, luck that goes your way, but it's uh, you can't guarantee that every season for the price that you pay um, unless you've really got the big dollars. So, um, you know, the will tell you one thing, that the club did wait uh, a little bit longer than perhaps normal to then see which players were uh, desperate for jobs after not getting NBA gigs uh, or didn't sign early with Europe um, because they're hanging out to uh, for a big deal or, or a, a better deal somewhere else. Um, look, Australia is a great option. It's it, the, one of the third, probably the third uh, best country in terms of uh, basketball development from juniors up until uh, the senior sort of uh, age and it's a strong league right now. I'm not sure how it would rank globally. I'd say around about fourth or fifth globally. But it's certainly better. The Australian league is certainly better than the Italian league, the French league, those individual leagues. It's not going to be better yeah. than Euro League or ACB, perhaps in Spain, Division One. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's pretty much um, the place to be. So a lot of players would have held out for one, the NBA contract. Um, two, something big in Europe, um, which doesn't necessarily pay on time, mate, either. But it could have been a big mm. contract in Europe. But if that dries up and you're sitting there going, "Man, what am I going to do?" Then Australia's like a really good option. So um, Taipan's held out just a little bit longer than normal and found some really good players in Machado and Oliver, um, who proved to be a real sort of a surprise pack. I don't think anyone was really uh, tipping them to really be as dominant as they are. Uh, but it's awesome uh, to see them play so well and uh, bring a lot of the highlights and just to see the team evolve in such quick turnaround. Um, a bit of full credit to, to Mike Kelly and, and company um, for, for getting this team on track within such a short time. This episode of the Pikey and Lowes Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Staten's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care. It looks like such a fun team to be part of right now. And even even over the last 12 games, they're averaging 95.3 points a game. So the offense is clicking really well. Has there been any point this season where you might have wished you were filling maybe maybe the role of, of Majuk Deng this season? Have you ever reconsidered retirement? 
reconsider retirement. No, look, I think you know at the time I'm obviously um, you know weighed up everything, and I'm and I've got no regret. I think for sure it was more of a mental um, kind of decision than a purely a physical sort of thing. Um, mm. Obviously, I know the body is winding down, but I think major majority of my decision was probably based on um, the mental side of everything. Um, just just. Got no regrets for um, so hanging out the boots and, and leaving the way I did. Not many players are able to uh, retire on their own accord, yeah. as you know. So, um, no, definitely no regrets. But it definitely looks like a fun team to be a part of. And um, certainly Scotty Machado uh, at the point, uh, who wouldn't want to play in that mm. team, in that environment? So, um, no, it's exciting to see them have uh, success. I, I hope that um, they can continue because it is on a knife's edge right now, Pikey. Let's be yeah. honest, it's on yeah, a knife's edge. This fourth spot, third spot, uh, however you, you look at it, it is is just up for grabs and you cannot rest on your laurels and you cannot let a fourth quarter slip. Mm. So, you know, this is a this is a danger game for the Taipans lads uh, and I'm certainly sure that they'll be up for the task. Um, but it does it does come with a, a little bit of trepidation because um, all the teams are going to be hungry but in particular uh, New Zealand Breakers on a tear. Um, so it's going to be a crazy game. I want to get your thoughts on Courtnoy. He hurt his ankle in that game in Melbourne against the Phoenix, and he hasn't played since. The team hasn't lost since he's been out. I'm not saying that that those two are at all linked. It's just that every, everyone else has been able to step up in his absence. What, what have you What have you made of the fact that the team's been able to play well without him, and now it looks like he's going to be right to play this Thursday night against the Breakers? How do you incorporate him back into the team without causing any sort of disruption to what's been working so well? Well, I think it's a sign of a good team then if you can have uh, one of your, your players down and, and the others sort of carry the load and uh, the the unique sort of uh, skills that he brings in is all those hustle plays. He'll go and grab uh, your boards. He'll get the putbacks. Like that's, to, to me, that's his biggest asset is being able to hunt down loose ball uh, rebounds and uh, give the Taipans uh, those much-needed possessions um, and, uh, you know, gives them a chance to, to get back in during that play. So if he – I mean, if he – he can knock down a three, right? Now, yeah. if he thinks he's going to get going by shooting threes, like rattling off three or four to start a game, I, I don't think that's the way, you know, he should, he should be, uh, you know, making his game. His game comes off – um, those hustle plays, those rebounds, putbacks, all the all the energy plays. That's where he starts his contribution each game. That's where I think he should be thinking. I'm going to get so many energy plays per quarter or whatever. Then, if a three ball opens up, great. But you don't mm-hmm. start. He's not a shooter like that. Yeah. He he can knock them down. But I wouldn't bank on it for your career. I think you 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 know you, your bread is buttered with the things you do best, uh, and then supplement that or complement that with a, a little peppering of uh, some long range uh, missiles. So um, you know, I think him coming back in, all his focus needs to be is energy play grab the rock, uh, give the tie pans a few extra possessions, and then he's contributing. Then then you're back in mentally. You're switched on if you if you can do some things really well, um, and you can you can make an impact. That's great. You're, you're back, and that's really helping the squad because they have been criticised of not being able to rebound well. Sometimes they do lack a bit of concentration in grabbing the rebound. Sometimes, yeah. so um, you know it could really be a big boost uh, to covering some of those uh, those areas. No, I totally agree. I think he looked at his best when offensively he was attacking the the basket because he can get to the the rack virtually whenever he likes and then 
there were times when he was settling too much for the three-point shot, so that's probably something he's had a bit of time to now work on. And at the defensive end, when he's attacking the defensive rebounding class, he's as, he's as good a rebounder as there is in the team. So I think those are the areas that you need him to focus on. But just on Mirko Jaric, who's been starting in his place, he he certainly grabbed his opportunities, and he's, he's been playing tremendously as well. Um, do you continue to start Mirko? Do you put... Do you, do you put Court back in the starting lineup, or do you do you pretty much just split their minutes, you know, twenty twenty twenty, and and let them figure it out themselves? You keep it rolling exactly the way you finished up, um, mm-hmm. because the starts have been great. Um, so you keep that momentum going, and the the players know that um, you know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna buy into this thing, then you know we're we're all in on all, all in on this together. Um, so Mike Kelly's gonna make the call. I'm I'm predicting that he'll go with the same starters, uh, and then very very early on give uh, quite. Uh, an injection into the game. Let's let's see how the ankle feels. Give us a few of those hustle plays. You know, just rattle off a few minutes just to get you get the feel. No pressure, basically. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see what's we'll see what's good. And then if you if you're still feeling good, give me the nod, um, and I'll keep you out there, or we'll, we'll give you a quick breather. But uh, we're starting the same way because the players are in sync. Um, and uh, let's let's all as a group tidy up this fourth quarter. Now the other thing that happened while you were away was. Aaron Grabeau having his singlet mm. officially now retired and hanging up the ra- mm. in, the, in the rafters at the Cairns Convention Centre. What was your reaction when you found out about that and, and what are some of your recollections of, of playing alongside him for the, the years that you did? Yeah, no, look, really cool. Really cool to, to finally see, um, visually see the jersey <laughs> in the rafters. Um, the, there's been a, uh, you know, a, a bit of a, just, uh, a, a wording that, you know, oh, look, the, 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 the convention center won't allow something in the roof. I'm like, eh. mm-hmm. you know, it's great to see whatever hurdle that was, it's been overcome because yep. now there's a jersey in the rafters and finally we get to see a bit of history, something that's happened over the last 20 years up in the, up in the roof and something to aspire to and something for, families to walk in and say oh look up there son like that's a that's a Grabeau jersey Grabeau was like uh, he was the best lockdown individual defensive player oh man it was just unbelievable what he did um, and his service to the club was huge and then the, the, the young son or the young kids like oh wow I want to be like Grabeau one day so then yeah. the stories start to, to permeate more and all that sort of stuff I certainly want to see a Catalini jersey uh, Anthony Stewart jersey I certainly want to see uh, banners from uh, our grand final year uh, our minor premiership mm-hmm. uh, year um, and, and even to another extent, um, you know, the semifinals because it's all the history of the club that needs to be visually seen um, by the masses and then for the stories to be passed on it. It's so important because you, you come into a club, you're like, oh, what's this club all about? You look up, you're like, oh, okay, that's the history. Oh, yeah, I know that, you know, I, know, I remember that player or, you know, you know the story. So, uh, just, just really fantastic to see um, Grabeau jersey in the rafters, and uh, for, for him to receive that. Um, and he sits right behind where I sit, uh, mm-hmm. Pikey. I'm not sure if you realise that, but yeah, no, it's good to good look over my shoulder and, and see a familiar face. Um, and certainly, uh, I, I will tell you this though: the the play that comes to mind, that leaps to mind from Aaron Grabeau days, we were in Illawarra Hawks, and uh, the game was sort of on the line. This is sort of a touch and go sort of situation, and as were a lot of our uh, type ends Hawks games but Glenn Saville was guarding Grabeau right and Grabeau gets a shot off and they called a foul on Glenn Saville so he got the shot in it was a two-pointer he got it in and they called the foul which meant he's going to the line for the N1 so for the three-point play well Glenn Saville he 
detested uh, the call and he exploded and got a technical foul, <laughs> which at the time was worth two free throws. Yeah. So then Grabeau goes to the line for the two free uh, for the N one, makes it, and it is the two free throws and a side ball. Yep. So he gets the two free throws in as well, uh, and then he get, we get a side a side ball play, and um, we inbound it to Grabeau for three. He knocks it down. So within the space of like 0.5 or one <laughs> second, Grabeau's made like a nine point eight or nine point yeah. play uh, to then put the game out of contention. <laughs> and Savile got his one the foul to the technicals. That put him on five fouls. So yeah. he's out of the game. <laughs> Bobo changes the entire game <laughs> in like the space of like a second. It was unbelievable. And it was just like just shaking my head in disbelief like how did this guy do mm. that so it was unbelievable i got to actually find the clip at some point um but yeah just that unbelievable aaron grabeau play and and you just kept straight faced like hey uh you found me bruss like <laughs> that's what happens when you found me bruss <laughs> i was like oh man this guy's uh next level but uh you know, just an anchor for taipans um mm. you know for all all the how many years would he would have been for five years of my time there yep. uh, or maybe four years um, but yeah just uh, awesome teammate just just wanted to get on with hoops you know didn't didn't have sort of time for you know talking about stuff too much just really a real, a real workman um, just going to work just loved his hoops loved competing uh, and just to, like I said the, I would say the best lockdown individual defensive player the Taipans mm-hmm. have had in their history um, and he, he really got focused in and, and made it tough for guys and as you've spoken with Redditch about um, you know really uh, re- Sean Redditch really found it uh, a hard work to mm. play against Aaron Gabot so uh, yeah it's, it's pretty cool to see uh, to reflect back on uh, you know Bobo's playing days. Now, my obvious next question is: Do you expect or hope one day to see number forty hanging up in those rafters? Oh, look! It'll be it'll be great if uh, you know if that was to happen one day. Like you, usual protocol is, you know, a length of time passes, and um, you know then you can all sort of look back. I mean, if it happens, great. Um, you know, certainly been a long, a long time here at the Taipans and certainly enjoyed all of my years here. Um, so yeah, if it happens, it, it'll be a great thing. Um, you know, but uh, you know, I don't, not sort of. Putting uh, putting the type ends <laughs> to the sword, saying, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it, w- it would be a great thing one day. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. One more on that, then we'll move on. Would you expect to see your number forty up in the Cairns Convention Centre first, or Sean Redditch's number forty-two up at Perth Arena? Up at Perth Arena, um, it's got to be a Redditch one for sure. He, he certainly uh, piled on the points for the Wildcats for many years, uh, many championships. Uh, you know, while he was sort of uh, there, the Cats, obviously. And um, so, yeah, no, it's, uh, he was there, obviously, my first year at 07. I think he'd even put up some MVP uh, numbers mm-hmm. uh, in those years beforehand. So, a scoring machine, old, old Sean. And uh, certainly, uh, I think his, his jersey will be up there before mine. Well, one last one on Sean. Would you, read a, would you read a book that he writes if he ever managed to write one? No. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably have a glance at it. Okay. I have a glance at okay. it. So the, the memoirs of Redditch, uh, unless I get a mention. If I get a mention, I might have a br- uh, browse through. So, uh, <laughs> well, well, is he a writer? I don't th- is he a writer like that? Of course he's know. not a writer. He needs a writer to help, oh, help him out. Oh, so you're going to write it for mm. him. So hang on. So you're telling me, will I read a book? For- I'd read a book from Chris Pike. Okay. Yeah, okay. of course. Very, very yeah. Good. Uh, that, that, that's what I wanted to hear. Now, that's so good. Is, it, is it near publication, sorry? Is it near publication or are you? 
How close are you to finishing it? Well, this is, this is all in, in Sean's hands now. He needs to try to make some more time for me. So once, he's, oh. once he can make some time, then we'll get closer to publication. Okay, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right, let's, let's get back on track. Um, let's get back to this Thursday night. The New Zealand Breakers are coming to town. They've won five games straight. The Taipans have won four games straight. Um, let's just get down to business. Is there room in the top four for both of them in six weeks' time? No, no, mm. there's not. Um, and the the thing is, the Taipans have three home games left, and how many on the road? Five on the road, yep. and they will basically need to win six out of these last eight. Uh, so that means three road wins. Um, and for the New Zealand Breakers, uh, I can't remember the stretch that they've got as well. But I think um, look, Melbourne is shaky, but they could possibly hold on to third. Mm. Um, but yeah, we'll see what unfolds. But certainly, I don't think there's there's room for the New Zealand and the Taipans in yep. the top four. What are your what are your thoughts on that. Well, I'm, I'm surprised at how shaky Melbourne is. Melbourne is suddenly 11-9, and nine, same record as the Taipans and now they've got they've got three more games away from, from Melbourne and I think that even their next game at the end of January is not at Melbourne Arena. I think that's I think it might even be at the State Basketball Centre if not at, at Hisense. So it's 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 a tough stretch for them. Um, are you calling a logjam for well, third and fourth? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not not sold on Melbourne Melbourne making it. Um, I think I, I don't I think it's going to come down to Melbourne, New Zealand, and Cairns right now for third and fourth spot. I don't think Adelaide are going to be able to string enough wins together. Their their best is tremendous. Their worst is is pretty bad as well. So I Horrendous. think <laughs> I think they're going to go up and down. So I don't think Adelaide will make it. I don't think Brisbane will be able to string enough wins together either. So I think it's Melbourne, Melbourne, New Zealand, and Cairns, and I. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to imagine a final series without Melbourne making it. So that that means it is down to the Taipans and the Breakers, and that makes it even even bigger this this Thursday night because it, mm. it, when they look back on the season, whoever wins this game might end up it might end up deciding that that fourth position. So so yeah, I mean it's going to be a fascinating last six weeks. However it however it pans out, but for Cairns, two days later they play in Sydney. They went went to Sydney, beat the Kings with a really really good performance. When was it? It was only only in in early, yeah. in early December. Um, that was a that was a great performance. Can you back that up? Can you do that twice against Sydney in Sydney in the one season? Have Sydney learned the lessons? I, I think mm. they, they beat Adelaide, put their season back on track, and stretched that that lead in the win column uh, to uh, a decent buffer. Um, I yeah, I mean Sydney are, are going to have uh, looked at all the tape. Let's keep in mind this is the last time or last round where you're sort of playing uh, each team, like either for the third or fourth time. Yep. They would have done all their scouting, they would have done all the numbers on it. Coach Will Weaver is certainly, uh, you know, will be looking at everything to make sure that uh, they put their best foot forward. But look, I think, uh, look, I think you're right. I think Brisbane and uh, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are starting to plan well, that. I forgot about the Phoenix altogether. Yeah. And um, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Adelaide, yeah. Uh, what do I say? Adelaide, Phoenix, and Brisbane starting to plan. Oh, I mean, Adelaide will think they have a chance, yeah. but I think you're right. I don't think they'll be able to sort of hold on. You know that that great. I think. Are oh, they two games this, behind this, as well? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it is a it is a massive uh, it is a massive telling sign that the winner of this game because it's going to make the road super tough for Taipans to get those precious six wins. Well, 
I, I said it before, 16 wins gets you in the log jam. Yeah. 17 would probably guarantee your fourth place. And I've said that since the start. So, I mean, if they if the Taipans drop this game, it's going to be super tough to uh, get into that log jam. Mm. Uh, not impossible, but it's going to be, uh, yeah, a tough road for themselves if they find themselves in that hole. They'll put you, I don't know, put something on the line. Laos, what, what, what do you think is going to happen Thursday night? I think it's going to be an overtime game. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be yeah. overtime. And the reason that is because both teams are just going to go hammer and tong. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a uh, loser 17-point lead. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be neck and neck the whole way. I'm going to go tight ends by four in overtime. And it's going to be more of a convincing grind out sort of a positive game rather than being on the back foot because I think um, they're, they're going to be pushing and uh, you know all guns blazing uh, moving forward never taking the foot off the pedal though this episode of the Pikey and Lowes show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio less pain more life and Statton's plumbing company plumbers who care just so many reasons to look forward to this game the point guard matchup between Scotty Machado and Scotty Hobson is going to be mm. fantastic. Then you've got the fact that so much of the basketball world is going to be watching Court Noy and RJ Hampton go at it. Then you've got, oh. you know, I mean, you've got Cam Oliver and, and Brandon Ashley and Rob Lowe inside. You've got, you know, DJ, DJ Newell up against his former team. This has all of all the makings to be a game that you just don't want to miss, and let's hope we get five thousand people there again because it's an amazing atmosphere in that Cairns Convention Centre when it's when it's packed out. I think so. It's school holidays. I think uh, families are, are primed to to have some good basketball action. Uh, the coming off wins, that New Year's Eve game was was monstrous with all the fans in there. So I think uh, that momentum is certainly going to carry the fans into the Cairns Convention Centre, and I can't wait, Pikey. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Well, I'm sure everyone's looking forward to you being back in the building as well. I'm sure they've they've missed you for the last couple of games. Plenty happening right across the, the round as well, but we're here to talk about the Kansas Taipans, and it's been tremendous to be back to discuss everything happening with the, with the Snakes right now because they're, they're in some hot form. Let's hope it keeps going. Um, and don't forget to also donate to the Bushfire Relief Fund as as we have here on the Pikey and Laos Show. That's it for this week to start 2020. What can you leave us with, Laos? Mate, it's great, Scott. Like you mentioned, the matchup between point guards is going to be huge. Uh, it's all on the line for both clubs, but for the Taipans, uh, it's not lose or go home, but it's pretty damn close. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Pikey and Lau Show. Yeah.